everything nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up. In darkness, from the ones who walk in light. Light 'em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday. April fifth, two thousand and five. It's April and blossom time. Yes, sweet is the air. <laughs> I hope you all went to the woods, took to the hills, anything to escape the mass media, the ubiquitous orgy of deathbeds, one deathbed after another, and it's Easter, spring, hmm, wrong time of year. I kept asking myself, "Where is Father Guido Sarducci now that we need him?" Actually, Father Guido was uh, on Air America. I heard him just for a few minutes a、uh, day or two ago.、Um, Father Sarducci talked to Al Franken. You know Al Franken. He wrote that book, "The Lying Liars," and the you know the one where he argues with、um, Bill O'Reilly from Fox News. Anyway. They talked about the Pope, and they talked about this medieval institution, this Roman Catholic Church, still holding out there at the Vatican in Rome. <laughs> I don't know the the pundits, all the chattering, talking heads are going at it, talking about the late John Paul too. Check out Air America.、Um, I don't know if I should be tooting their horn, but God bless them. They had their Uh, year anniversary last Thursday, and there was a HBO special, fascinating.、Um, actually, it was from very early in the year, so it may not give the right impression, but、um, they're all there, all these Air America talk show folks, and、uh, they are really, they are really something else. I leave it to you to decide、um, what they've got right and what they've got wrong.、Uh, I. Struggle with the commercials, but other than that,、uh, I think that they have the right spirit.、Um, check them out; they're on nine sixty on the AM dial. And this week, I'm sure that HBO special on Air America will repeat. So check it out and see what you think of these folks.、Um, I think most everybody's heard it by now. Anyway, they were not、uh, persuaded that the Pope was such a sweet guy. I mean, personally, everyone seems to think he was.、Uh, there's an article about the contradictions in the character of this pope.、Um, it's in the、uh, April five through six edition of the Berkeley Daily Planet. Highly recommended. It's by Richard Rodriguez, Pacific News Service, remembering John Paul II, the actor pope. If I have a minute, I'll try to read some of that. What I find fascinating about Richard Rodriguez's piece. Is how he very carefully points out the、uh, limitless contradictions、uh, this pope presents us with.、Uh, certainly, he was a great, 
a great actor. He understood this media age. Uh, I was interested to learn that uh, the Pope had made 500 new saints. You know, it's like giving everybody a gold star. And he himself, that is John Paul II, will doubtless be beatified soon enough. Uh, politically, well, I think, I think John Paul has a great deal to answer for. He just may have to pay for his sins, as Father Guido Sarducci used to say on Saturday Night Live. I think, remember, he used to talk about the sins. He said, you know, you had to literally pay for your sins. If I remember, he added it up on a cash register, uh, taking the name of the Lord in vain, swearing that was a dollar eighty-five. Um, masturbation was thirty-five cents. Um, and he went on with the list. Uh, my list would include throwing in your lot with the ruling class, as um, John Paul did in Nicaragua, El Salvador, with a lot of libertarian um, priests that he turned his back on. Uh, that may very well, uh, well, he may have to pay with his soul for some of that. Uh, depends on um, the dealer, you know, who's doing the judgment. Uh, we remember Bishop Romero, we remember so many... Um, so many libertarian Christians that the Pope uh, was silent, silent about. Um, perhaps, perhaps he had a grand plan. Uh, I think he was working for the survival of his church. Um, I wish I really knew what these guys think. Uh, most of all, what I see is that an entire generation, uh, those of us, say, uh, at midlife, have gone to St. Peter's Rock and turned it over, and you know what was crawling underneath the astonishing revelations of the prurient practices of pedophile priests, these horror stories of abusive sadists whose cruel treatment of vulnerable parishioners and altar boys and young priests. This would seem to damn the whole system uh, to irreparably harm the institution itself, or at least um, break its back financially. Uh, I saw a documentary the other night called Abuse and Catholic. It was an interesting and surreal switch going back and forth from the coverage on the Pope's death to um, this particular program. It was on the Sundance uh, cable channel. Abused and Catholic is a, uh, a wrenching portrait of destroyed lives, um, and as you know, it's mostly the hierarchy that was responsible, the cover-up, as we say. Uh, some people, or some critics, are telling us that it is good that these things are exposed, you know, that the rock is turned over and that the air can uh, get to these things, fresh air... Maybe even some accountability to the church. Imagine democracy. Imagine the parishioners themselves, uh, Catholic laity. Wow. Now, historically, of course, it has always been the clergy above and the laity below. You know, it's like the parent and the child. The old psychological arrangements, you know that paradigm, it's called dominance and submission paradigm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I think, um, the abuse of religion, the misuse of religious authority, 
is a story, I guess, as old as the church itself. Uh, the minute we want power over others, things begin to go wrong. It's that king thing, that damn king thing, which reminds me. Thank God Prince Charles has put off his wedding till after the funeral, you know. That way the guests can fly from Rome direct to London on Saturday. I was thinking, I was thinking of the way Shakespeare has Hamlet put that, yes. Thrift, thrift, Horatio. The funeral meets did furnish forth the marriage feast to something like that. I'm not sure I've got the exact quote, but yes. Of course, the media circus is uh, just a weapon of mass destruction. I'm uh, Distraction, mass distraction. I'm sure they could hop right from the Pope's funeral into Prince Charles' wedding. Ah, the ghost of Diana will be there Saturday. More about that next time. Of course, the mass media uh, always reminds us that uh, these are ephemera. What's left out screams the loudest. Um, the real pain and problems in the world, well, that's a story uh, most of us would rather not hear. This week, I listened to my hero on Air America... Just because she goes to the real issues. I like that about uh, Randy Rhodes. Now, Randy Rhodes, that's spelled R-A-N-D-I, Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. She's a terrific big mouth uh, New Yorker. She's got a talk show on Air America, 960 on the dial, um, local Quake Radio. She's on every day from 3 to 7. And, of course, it is a rant. Yes, she's she's doing a rant. Some people just can't take Randy, and uh, she is, well, she is shrill at times. That's spelled S-H-R-I-L-L. Shrill, yes, there's no question about it. Now, that is about the biggest sin for a woman. Jane Fonda uh, apologized this last Sunday night on... Uh, uh, Oh, what is that? 60 Minutes, right. 60 Minutes, that show. She apologized for being shrill. That was the word she used, shrill. Because she yelled at the U.S. government for its role in Vietnam. Now, uh, <laughs> Jane Fonda has a, a book out, uh, something about my life till now. It's an autobiography. And there are some excerpts, I think, in the current issue of Time magazine and write-ups in USA Today, if you're interested. Um she was on this noon um, with uh, Ed Schultz on Air America. Anyway, um, she talked about her work in uh, Georgia. She's working with young women. As we know, the most vulnerable people in any society are young women who are at the childbearing age, the youngest women. She's trying to work for um, uh, birth control, that sort of thing, uh, She's fighting the abstinence-only crowd. Uh, oh, Jane Fonda, yes. <laughs> I remember years ago reading here on KPFA an essay by Virginia Woolf in which she cautioned women, women writers, that we must never be shrill. She scared me to death. I, I thought at the time that, well, maybe male rage is... Kind of respectable, anyway. It's natural. Everywhere you look, you see it. Uh, turn on the TV. They're all murdering each other. But this female fury, that really scares us. Um, 
some fellow calling in after Jane Fonda went off. He said she should be stood up against a wall and shot, you know, because she, she um, gave the enemy those propaganda tapes. Uh, I don't know. Woman's rage certainly scares me when it's real. Yes, yo mama. When yo mama really gets mad, uh, we better watch out. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. The great mother, the goddess, when she loses her temper, well, that's real, folks. It's the twilight of the gods. And all of us had better watch it. It's Gotterdammerung, the end of Mother Earth herself. Uh, this is true damnation. And, uh, yes, better, as we used to say in the old days, <laughs> cover your ass. There's a word for a mother's curse. It's called a miasma. Miasma. And I see it. I see it everywhere. It's a strange kind of fog on the horizon. It's Kali, the dark goddess, the death goddess looming over us. Yes, women are indeed becoming more conscious, both as women and all of us are becoming more, what would you call it, more aware of the feminine principle, the ways in which we're endangering our species. Uh, in the last half century, things have really shifted uh, I remember, let's see, what was it Jane Fonda said? She used a funny phrase, and I wrote it down. I've got it here. She said that like a lot of women, when she was young, she had this disease. She called it the disease to please. Mm -hmm. That's one reason why she's so good at uh, helping young women, vulnerable young women who are looking for love and uh, just getting babies. Um Jane Fonda confessed, I, I was, I was sorry she did this, but she put it in the book. She says that she even solicited, um, other women to come into the marital bed when she was married to Roger Vadim. You remember the movie Barbarella back when, uh, Jane Fonda was just a little sex kitten. Anyway, so much for the sexual revolution. Uh, apparently it's a good idea, I guess, for some women to go through that. She says she's hoping that uh, her book and the work she's doing will help some women to uh, maybe skip that phase or anyway get through it faster. Who knows? <laughs> yes. The notion of free love has always charmed those of us who embrace liberty. Think of Emma Goldman yet. Those of us who imagine anarchy will bring out the best in everyone, that the truth will set us free that eros will be egalitarian, that human relationships can be democratic, you know, fair, even, between equals, shared ecstasy, none of that dominant submission mess, none of that master-slave thing, no king thing. Oh, boys and girls, boys and girls, think again, think twice, think thrice, and then review your notes. Think about this church. Think about the history of the Catholic Church. A medieval institution, good old boys. Good old men telling young women and young men, the young, the vulnerable, those who come to them for counsel. They tell them, no fornication without population. No fornication 
without population. <laughs> when the hell do we get to grow up? When do we stop needing priests, parents, bosses, uh, masters, husbands, people to tell us what to do? Oh, yes. When is the day coming when women can listen to their own conscience? When they lose that disease to please. Uh, I was thinking, I was looking in my uh, files last night. I was looking under uh, Catholic, Catholic women. And would you believe I found something? It's 23 years old. It's in the 10th anniversary issue of Ms. Magazine. July, August, 1982. This is Sister Teresa Kane. She goes to meet the Pope. And she's going to ask him. She says she's fighting a life's battle to stop being overawed by authority. Yes, indeed. Um, here we go. She's, she's going to ask the Pope to share power. <laughs> Can't believe it. Anyway. There's a whole bunch of stuff here early in the article about um, negotiating with priests and bishop bishops over the amount of the stipends that they get in particular dioceses. She says how it would get to her, and you get a sense of rage because she said sisters get costs, not salaries. They get cost of living and housing. She said that takes care of day-to-day -day expenses, but it doesn't take in administrative costs of a community, retirement costs for sisters who have worked in the same system that doesn't provide for their retirement. She said, I spent several years negotiating for those kinds of causes. These priests and bishops would say to me, well, you've changed. If you lived in your habits and didn't live in apartments, if you lived in the convents we built for you, you wouldn't need that money. Uh, and we know, we know that some of the sisters have started to smoke. <laughs> she goes on to point out that, uh, uh, yes, uh, the the uh, reverend she was talking to had been smoking for years uh and she's asked if she wanted if she wants to be a priest if she could be ordained tomorrow she said that um not if it would mean she had to muffle herself lose her ideals or adopt the attitudes macho clericalism of the present hierarchy she does want to be a bishop but uh you know she says she's not interested in personal power it embarrasses her same old problem, yes. She says, if I don't idolize myself and think that I'm God or Godlike, or that I'm a superwoman or savior or creator, then I can keep things in perspective. Anyway, she's trying to um, change the language of the church to include the feminine, but she gets in to see the Pope. And here's a little tiny bit of what Sister Teresa Keene said to him back in 1982. As I share this privileged moment with you, Your Holiness, I urge you to be mindful of the intense suffering and pain which is part of the life of many women in these United States. I call upon you to listen with compassion and to hear the call of women who comprise half of humankind. As women, we have heard the powerful messages of our church addressing the dignity and reverence for all persons. As women... We have pondered upon these words. Our contemplation leads us to state 
that the Church, in its struggle to be faithful to its call for reverence and dignity for all persons, must respond by providing the possibility of women as persons being included in all ministries of our Church. I urge you, Your Holiness, to be open to and respond to the voices coming from the women of this country who are desirous of serving in and through the church as fully participating members. And she goes on, she goes on for great length here, yes. Um, she speaks of the joyous, hope-filled prayer, the Magnificat. We call upon Mary to be your continued source of inspiration, courage, and hope. Oh, to hell with it. The stuff makes me so angry, I really choke up. I just could spit here in um, in Richard Rodriguez's uh, in Richard Rodriguez's article. He says he says that uh, yes, he says that uh, he uh, a friend of his right? Is it here? It is. Yes, he says a friend told him that um, uh, he. Th- Believed, he believed, he said, this is a Catholic friend. A priest friend of mine believes John Paul would sooner have watched the church fall down around him than ordain women. Yes, indeed. This is Richard Rodriguez in the uh, Berkeley Daily Planet, specific news service called Remembering John Paul II, the actor Pope, yes, <laughs> with the contradictions. Indeed, indeed. Ah, <laughs> of course. Of course, uh, most people believe that Pope John Paul had a kind heart, that he was a sweetie, uh, but that he was stuck in hierarchy. I think, as Richard Rodriguez does, that he was canny, brilliant, brilliant actor. Uh, It is, however, the 21st century, and world leaders must practice the art of the possible. I hope to God there are some uh, cardinals there who might uh, imagine Liberation for the church, we will see uh, here at home. These bush boys with their religious base are pushing for full spectrum dominance. That's what they call their absolute, their absolute desire for power. Yes, you know what absolute power does. Uh, my question is always, who will stop these big daddies? Who will take away their big stick? Who will make them share power? <laughs> Two of my friends think Hillary Clinton can do it in 2008, but as you know, no woman can do a damn thing without a constituency. It is only if we want change that it would come about. In the meantime, it would be nice to to dream of an archaic Catholic church making itself over into a... Uh, a new institution, they're certainly rich enough, like the British royals, they're bankable... Let them bring women into leadership positions. Uh, Let the clergy marry. Get that out of the way. There's a terrible shortage of priests. That could be solved by, oh, Monday, next Monday morning. All they have to do is ordain the women, and it's a done deal. If for no other reason, I would let women give the sacraments so that Supreme Court Justice Anton Scalia would have to listen to a woman preach. Scalia, as everyone knows, is a good Catholic, 
Uh, he goes along with the Pope on most things, except, of course, for the death penalty. The Pope was against it, you remember, but Scalia has faith in the power of the state to do murder. George W., our current uh, president-select, president-elect, yes, <laughs> me, may very well appoint Anton Scalia as Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. This could happen before Bush leaves office. Now, not even the Pope would have welcomed that. Um, if you're interested in Anton Scalia, uh, another wily dude, check the New Yorker of 28 March. Margaret Talbot has a terrific profile of Anton Scalia. She has titled it Supreme Confidence. <laughs> Scalia uh, does seem to be auditioning for the job of uh, Chief Justice. Aha, uh -huh. fasten your seatbelts, folks. Watching the TV with this 24-7 coverage of the Pope's passage to a better world. I just couldn't help but remember Federico Fellini's movie, Roma. Remember Roma? R-O-M-A, just his uh, kind of autobiographical look back at his city, the history of Rome. And in the middle of the movie, or near the end of the movie, he has this awesome spectacle. He called it an ecclesiastical fashion show. Do you remember that one? By the end, the priests are all on skates. And their costumes grow more and more fantastic and surreal until they're all lit up with neon. All that glitters is not gold. Should a holy man be covered with gold and jewels? Or should he go barefoot with a robe and a bowl? Perhaps that is more dramatic. One thing, however, I do think they should recuse themselves when it comes to the practice of medicine. Uh, unless they have a license, of course. Perhaps they should... Uh, minister to the body. Uh, they are ordained, however, to save souls. The Pope has to answer for his bad advice to the Catholic young um, Catholics who have been, uh, what is it, advised against um, even birth control. I can't believe that um, the Pope, well, he, surely he doesn't think that God would want the young uh, to die of STDs, uh, does his reverence for life extend to the sort of viruses that created the AIDS epidemic? Uh, these infections uh, are killing millions of human beings, even old Dr. Albert Schweitzer, you remember his reverence for life. He sprayed the operating room when he performed surgeries. I mean, microbes may come from God, but so does the bubonic plague. I mean, if you take the reverence for life argument to its limit, uh, to an absolute, well, we'd have to say a requiem mass every time a male took a hot bath. Think of all those millions of little sperm. Don't even get to grow up and go to war. Dear, I'm getting very, very angry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Check out, check out your daily planet and, uh, uh, look at Richard Rodriguez's piece, Remembering John Paul II, the actor Pope. It's a wonderful list of the contradictions in this man, uh, the games he played. What he gave with one hand, he took away with the other. Uh, he was so clever, he did not grant interviews. A great actor, uh, 
Puritans, he writes, do not trust the value of the theatrical, and they scorned his pop vulgarity. <laughs> this anti-totalitarian pope worked within the Vatican to centralize his own power. He silenced dissident voices within the clergy as, effic as efficiently as any dictator. And yet this is the guy who went to the third world and appealed to the young. Maybe, maybe we'll find out more about this pope as time goes on. Uh, check out your Daily Planet. I won't be on the air this Thursday morning at 8.20. We're preempted. So I'll be back here next Tuesday at 3.30 at this time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Light em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow out of On Saturday, April 16, the Bay Area Rockin' Solidarity Labor Chorus presents a benefit concert featuring Ronnie Gilbert of the Weavers and Caminante. The concert will begin at 8 p.m. at the Diego Rivera Theater, City College of San Francisco, 50 Phelan Street. For tickets, call area 415-648-3457. Proceeds benefit the ongoing cultural work of the Rockin' Solidarity Labor Chorus. Once again, for information on the benefit concert on April 16, call area 415-648-3457. Oh!